So, Harry. Yeah. What would your stripper name be? The Welsh Dragon. The Welsh Dragon. Oh, that's, that's pretty bold. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Is the dragon like your penis? Y- yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. I just want us to be clear on what yeah. we're talking about. It's... Does it often breathe fire? <laughs> if nope. so, you might want to get that looked at. <laughs> also, it's bright red for some reason. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't feel so good. Oh, dear me. Yeah, I need to see a doctor. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to the full Monty. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the largest penis. <laughs> Excuse me? Just saying. Beg to differ. Just saying. Mm. And joining me as always, the host... With the largest penis by the end of this intro, it's John Lucas. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I see what you did there. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> so the full Monty, John. The full Monty, yes. This was a you pick. Yeah. Uh, tell me why. Uh, because it's a great film. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, it's, been a, it's been a long while since I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been on my shortlist for this for forever. Uh-huh. Kind of. Um, and uh, after last week, this just felt like the right time. It did, because last week, of course, we did Showgirls, which yeah. is... Uh... And it really does feel like the other side of that coin. It is. <laughs> like, like, instead of going from a terrible film mm-hmm. about just the worst strippers, mm-hmm. um, just going to a really, really heartwarming film that couldn't be further away from Vegas. True, true, yeah. In terms of, like, I don't know location to proximity to reality you know any, anything resembling reality yeah. the this film i think wins yeah quite easily yeah big time i'd like i've not I've, i couldn't possibly write this because where would you begin but the idea of a crossover did appeal to me i was <laughs> like one of these guys met Naomi malone but then that's it just wouldn't happen no it's just no. I, I don't know different how, universe yeah they just wouldn't react to it no yeah um so yeah that's, that's, that's why i put this fair and, enough uh, straightforward yeah. it's a good film you want us to watch it and yeah. can't say fairer than that uh, yeah no i enjoy this film of course it's uh it goes down very easily does this film it does yeah yeah i wouldn't say it's like an all-time favorite of mine but it's got a very kind of warm nostalgic kind of mm. on the telly kind of vibe yeah like, it's very e- it's very short and it's very easy to watch like i had no mm-hmm. moments of like looking at my watch or being like oh my god is this over like it really mm-hmm. just it, it, it's a very smooth easy watch definitely yeah. and uh yeah, interestingly, it almost went straight to video. Oh, really? Yeah, which it kind of we're, does we're, make we're, sense and it doesn't because we're, it's... Were any of the actors known actors at this point? Or was well, it always just like breakout roles for... Well, Robert Carlyle had only just been in Trainspotting. Okay. But so, but I think he basically had two big films in the same year. So mm-hmm. other than that, he was mostly just known for TV. Yeah. Uh, I know nobody else was particularly well known. Like, mm-hmm. you know, character actors, you know, they, mm-hmm. they did things. But um, no, nobody was like a star. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think it's more like... This film could have just very easily been just something that was like a limited TV series or something. It doesn't feel very like cinematic, yeah. but at the same time, it's a great underdog film. And obviously, you know, it ended up making over $200 million at the box office worldwide. Wow. On a, and it only costs like $3 million to make, so obviously it's wow. very cheap to make. And yeah. uh, it got nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. So. Yeah, like that is baffling to me. Yeah. Do you compare that to like this year's Oscar run? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when every film is just a, it's, it's a big budget, like very depressing film where it, where you're just 
get to the end of it, you're like, oh, that was a slog. Yeah. Um, for pretty much everything that was in the run this year. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to, well, 1997. Mm-hmm. I've, I've now decided it's my favorite Oscars year. Sure. What else was nominated? That? Well, was that Titanic, right? Yeah, Titanic was the big one, which beat Good Will Hunting in both Best Picture and Best Directing. Mm-hmm. First of all, a film like, what did I say? Good Will Hunting? Titanic. I got confused there. Uh, yeah, Titanic, which beat The Full Monty in both Best Picture and Best Directing. Mm-hmm. Like, firstly, The Full Monty, a film that is just, it feels like such a an underdog movie, such a yeah. small movie, mm-hmm. extremely British. Yeah. You just never see that sort of thing in the Oscars. True, true, true. Like, and especially in like these big two awards. What was the last, I wonder what the last like very British, distinctly British film was. Like, I'm sure there have been British films that have been nominated for the best picture, but mm. they're probably like very prestige kind of, you know. Yeah. You know, things about films of, I mean, I, the favorite isn't the British film, it's the director's Greek, but you know, I, 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 I'm sure that if that counts kind of thing, but That's sort of you're fun, right. These yeah. kind of like word of mouth things, you don't really see them very often anymore. No, there, there, there's other ones in this year, 1997. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So Goodwill Hunting, Titanic, Full Monty. So the example I'm thinking of is in one of the best actress things, Judy Dench was there for her role as Queen Victoria. Uh-huh. That feels exactly like the example that you're just giving. Yeah, yeah, that, that's classic. Yeah, put a British Brit across yeah. it, give, give them an Oscar. But like, yeah, the year that Titanic came out, no, of course, we've already been over this fairly recently. Leo and Kate didn't win. Mm-hmm. It was Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt from As Good As It as good as it gets yeah the worst film ever made <laughs> but it make, but it just makes me love that that oscars year for sure even yeah even more because like that's drama it's lighthearted right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so full monty also didn't get the sorry got beaten for best screenplay by goodwill hunting mm-hmm. matt damon and ben affleck a very iconic award yeah you know not necessarily, good, yeah, no, not, no, not, no. not necessarily great i don't actually like the writing in that film but like mm-hmm. it's a it seems to be a moment in Oscar's history. Yeah, it's a memorable film. Everyone's seen it. Well, a lot of people have seen it. I know what you mean, yeah. The, I think, and I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm constantly blaming Marvel for everything, but I do think that there's like... <laughs> Marvel are not responsible for the for m- many changes in the Oscars. Well, I sometimes think that like the gap between a blockbuster and what the Oscars like has like gotten very wide. Like, Because like I say, the, the Oscars now, it's a lot of very small films that don't right. make a lot of money and aren't particularly commercial, you know, stuff yeah. like, and I, I, I really like a lot of them. Like I really liked Nomadland. I really liked Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. And I really liked, uh, what else was, I liked a lot of the films this year. Minari, I thought, I thought they were really good films, but none of them were like, you know, blockbustery, you know, they were never yeah. going to be like big crowd pleasing films. I mean, we went over this in our whole Oscars period and it's yeah. just because of the last year with the virus, like none of the blockbusters came through. True, but I think there's been a problem for longer at, than coronavirus. Look at, well, look at the year before it, when like 1917 nearly won. It was mm. won by Parasite. And there were films like, you know, Joker, Black mm-hmm. Panther, yeah, suppose, Mad, yeah. Mad Max, Gravity. They're all fairly recent films. Okay, well, what are you moaning about then? You're moaning. <laughs> you started it. No, you started it. You, you said that you, you, these kind of films didn't get nominated anymore. And you started. I'm talking about the small films. The small, okay. And then so you just sm- started talking about the, the big films not getting nominated. Oh, okay. Well, I was talking about like crowd pleasers, but fair enough. I take you, although Joker's hardly a crowd pleaser. It's yeah, it bleak as hell. Well, it yeah. wasn't, sure, wasn't the best example. So it was like, like, yeah, a lot of them, are, I think the, the sense of fun has kind of disappeared a little bit, maybe. It did this year. This year it certainly did, yeah. But you're right. We are overdue like a good British, mm. you know, small couple of million dollar budget just mm-hmm. takes the imagination yeah. from good writing and good acting but yeah it'll ha- it might happen again i'm sure it will but yeah it's definitely been a while mm-hmm. the last one i can think of not that it won a load of oscars or anything was pride i think oh yeah that wasn't massive and i don't yeah, think yeah. it even got nominated for any oscars but like you know that felt like a a nice little british story that did well and you know traveled a bit but yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, just to finish that off, and then Full Monty did also win Best Music for uh, Original Comedy. Or it was score. a weird Oscar that they don't do give out anymore. Yeah, because it won for the best score uh, in a comedy, which seems weird because. I love the music in this film, but I couldn't tell you anything about Best the score. Best original musical or comedy score. Yeah. And so it was The Full Monty, which beat as good as it gets. Men in Black and My Best Friend's Wedding. Okay. Men so in you, Black as well. Like, I, I really like the music in The Full Monty, but I couldn't tell you anything about the score. It's all just like classic disco songs. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't hum you like a, a refrain that runs through it all. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even remember any, but... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> If it gives, gives it an Oscar, why not? Does it? Yeah. Does, does the soundtrack count? Does it like? Oh well, we picked some good music. No, it's the, so. the score. Does the score is not the, the score sound, is not the soundtrack. The score is original music. Right. Okay. The sound because the, the soundtrack is not not it's not original, is it? Because it's mm-hmm. existing materials. I think there should be an Oscar for best <clears throat> curated soundtrack, but I don't know because there's no oh, best original dramatic score. So it's just because this isn't a drama, isn't it? Yeah. But that's what I mean. The, yeah, the, that the, is weird. They only separated those out very briefly, and then they merged them together again. You don't have separate Oscars for best comedy score, well, best drama score anymore. Because Titanic won best score. Yeah, and it would have done. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was 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 a good year for the Oscars. I know. I agree with you. It definitely was. Um, so yeah, no, I enjoyed this film. There are elements of this film that maybe haven't aged the best, but it doesn't really oh, yeah. bother me that much because actually, I think it makes it more authentic. Yeah. Like it, these feel like real, like working class, salt of the earth nineties. Mm-hmm very un-PC guys. So mm-hmm. the the occasional bits of casual homophobia and sexism don't really, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to cancel the full Monty. I'm just, I'm just saying that <laughs> this film would probably be a little bit different if it was made today. I think, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not sure. It's a very realistic film. Like that's, mm. that's what I mean. Yeah. That, 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 that's a lot of its feel. And they're all flawed characters. Like yeah. literally everybody in this film is a very flawed oh, sure, character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, some of that looks like, you know, he's, just rating girls out of 10. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, that, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm not saying it's a problem with the film. I'm just saying that, I'm just think, acknowledging I'm, that it, it maybe there are parts of the film that wouldn't quite be as, this, it would, would be harder to sell today, I think. Barely. Okay. It's, it's not like someone's going around just being an awful character. No, true. You know, it's not, it's not the best behavior, but also like he robs a lot of shops. He does. Yes. <laughs> like, they're not... Well, just the same shot multiple times. I don't know yeah. why they'd have just a picture of him up at some point. Yeah. Like... <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like he's not the best guy, but it's just, it's, it's, re- it's realistic. Yeah. He's flawed. I agree. I agree completely. <clears throat> no, I like this film. I really do. I think mm-hmm. it's a very, it's a very good film. Yeah. All right, sweethearts. Gary the lad. What are you up to then? Shifty. Bit of this, bit of that, bit of the other. Mm-hmm. Just a bit of advertising for some mates. Oh, aye. I know it's going to come and see your mates. We had the real thing up here the other day, you know. Well, us mates are better. Better? And how's that then? Well... This lot go all the way. <laughs> don't they, lads? <laughs> the full Monty. You lot. <laughs> Hellfire. <laughs> that would be worth a look. See you there, then. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your hair on. No way, no, and never. In that order, kid. Excuse me, no one said anything to me about the full Monty. Yeah. So, shall we get to the plot summary part of this? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Go on, then. Oh, it's back to me again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how it starts. Uh, well, it start, Well, the full Monty, it begins with a kind of inspirational video about Sheffield in the oh, 70s. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Sheffield, the steel city. I don't know if this is real or like a pastiche, but it's certainly like 
nails on like this idea of like what Sheffield was mm-hmm. promoted as, you know, it was like this big, it was going to be this big industrial hub and it was mm-hmm. going to be the city of steel and all this kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and then we cut immediately from this very kind of grandiose and optimistic video to the reality of 25 years later mm-hmm. in the nineties recession hit Sheffield, all the factories are closed down and the, the workers are mostly like long unemployed, can't get yeah. a job. And our main characters are Gaz played by Robert Carlyle mm-hmm. and Dave, played mm-hmm. by Mark Addy, mm-hmm. and they are unemployed former factory workers, and they are reduced to stealing scrap metal from mm-hmm. the factory that they used to work at just yeah. to sell for scrap for a few quid. Yeah. So we see them doing that at the beginning of the film. Gaz is separated from his wife, and he mm-hmm. has a young son called Nathan, mm-hmm. and he faces losing custody of Nathan if he can't keep up his child support payments. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dave is just generally quite depressed. Seems yeah. seems quite convinced that his wife is going to have an affair or or leave him or something. Just mm-hmm. Seems generally quite an unhappy person. Yeah. Um, and weirdly, skipping ahead a little. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, um, they kind of confirm that. You know that bit when uh, when Robert Carlyle's in in mm-hmm. snuck into the toilets and then she's just talking. She's she's talking shit about Mark Addy. Yeah. And well, she's not really talking shit about him to be fair. What's she saying again? Someone else says, oh, that guy was making eyes at you. Wouldn't you like to have a go or something? Mm-hmm. And she says, no, no, I'm happy with Mark. But if, she, if he asked. But I think she was like, I, I think she was supposed to think she's taking the piss. I don't think she's right, asked. Because right. their marriage seems pretty good, apart from yeah, him that, being that, depressed. Yeah, like, that, that's the thing I was going to say. Like, at no point other than what, that one point do mm-hmm. I get the impression that she's not interested. No, not at all. No, I think that's the thing. She's just having a bit of fun. I don't think yeah. we're supposed to think that she's actually cheating on him. Yeah. But yeah, that's what he thinks because he's obviously got very low self-esteem in this film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, after they've had... So, this, does, so does everyone. That's the theme. Yeah, but his self-esteem is like a big plot point for him in particular. Yes. But um, yeah, so after they after the two of them have this failed attempt at stealing some scrap metal, which ends up them dropping it in the canal. Well, it's weird. I, I, I didn't fully understand this, but I just I, I still loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. So they, they're trying to steal this this piece of metal. They're going to sell it for, for, for a tenner. A marching band goes past mm-hmm. just randomly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one of the players in the marching band, who we'll come back to later, comes and just locks this ran- locks this door randomly. Mm-hmm. And I love just the lack of context of like, so did that guy in the marching band, did he like run the warehouse or something? I think he's like, supposed to be the like, security guard, yeah. Right, okay. Oh yeah, they did come to that, yeah. Sure. And so then we cut to, for whatever reason, like, you know, they've had to find another way out, out of the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And they're just standing on this car that's just been abandoned in the canal, mm. that's floating in the canal. It's like, how, how did they get? How did they get here? I don't get it. How, how did? How did this happen? Yeah, right. There's a lot of scenes that don't really have transitions, particularly. It's just like, oh, they're in this situation now. Yeah, yeah. And, I and almost... it's hilarious, and it, it's it's the charm of the film. Sure, like, yeah, it yeah. It works yeah. so well. Absolutely. Um, and I don't want it explained. No, 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 sure. Yeah. I want it explained. You do, you do. <laughs> I can only think that maybe the idea was that they'd wanted to stay off the main roads because they were clearly carrying stolen scrap. How did they get to being on the car? Like, I remember this film fairly vividly from uh, watching it as a child. Yeah. And it always confused me. I, I, I never put two and two together that that was them trying to escape from the warehouse. Oh, sure. I was like, okay, so they went and stood on a car because they thought it'd be a laugh. Mm. Like, but what? <laughs> I just Maybe Sheffield, the canal's so full of crap, there's literally just a car, you know, just been ditched in the canal. I can believe that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. how did they get to the car? Well, I guess they, I don't know. You said you didn't want to explain. I can't piece it all together. But I, like I said, maybe they're trying to avoid the main road. And so they're trying to like hop across the canal in a quiet moment. And you know, they've, they've jumped out the back door or something mm-hmm. or a back window. And to yeah. get across the canal back onto the main road, they need to cross like balance on this mm-hmm. scrap car that's floating conveniently down the canal. I don't know. Yeah. The best I can give you. 
but yeah, so they so so Nathan has to walk across the girder that they're also trying to run off with, mm-hmm. and uh, then pull it in and go and take take it and then like, call for help or something. I don't know. Um, no, just drag it along. I think. Uh, yeah, well, well, and go and get help for those two stuck on the car. Oh, okay, maybe they're still stuck on it. Anyway, that doesn't make full sense. He <laughs> drops he he drops the thing. The two of them are stuck on the car, and Nathan just walks off in a grump because like they shout at him or whatever. Yeah, and. Then we cut to the next scene, and there's a small little detail here that I noticed, and I only sort of worked it out later on in the film, that Mark Addy has really wet clothes afterwards. Oh, Robert so, Carlyle doesn't. Okay. And like they are talking about this, and yeah, it's because Robert Carlyle just took off all his clothes and just waded across without getting his clothes wet. Okay. Just holding his clothes above his head or something, but Mark Addy doesn't have the body confidence to do that. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a, that is an interesting sense. Yeah, because that is a running theme. Yeah, because, yeah. like, he won't even take his top off in front of his wife. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so yeah, that's... It, oh, that's a good little character. I did, didn't notice that. That is, a, that is a good little bit, little subtle character moment then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it when I noticed it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, then... then I guess I'm doing this now. Go so, for it, yeah. <laughs> if you feel like you've got it in you. I'll see how I go. So, they're then walking down the street and they see... Well, you know, they they start rating women and stuff and it's mm. it's not great but uh they walk past a group of women who were all sort of crowded around uh some posters mm-hmm. um or a theater or something and uh, they ask what's going on and they see that they're crowded around posters because there's a strip group coming to town the like, chippendales that, like, who that, were that huge in the 90s yeah yeah sure yeah and just uh, like greasy naked guys with, with like you know rippling abs and you know yeah yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> or not naked because they would never show their cocks. That was the thing. It was only, yeah. only down to the that only down to like the wife rooms. So. Which or the thongs. I mean, yeah. I, I've I've never been to a strip show, but that must be so unsatisfying. Mm. Well, I think it's like, like like to get to get that close and then stop. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if like the flaccid penis is particularly sexy to anyone. To be honest. Yeah, but I got that like. By the by, the end of this film, mm. when they're doing the full Monty, they're doing the show. I feel like a lot of the audience aren't there to be like super aroused by the look true. of the penis. Mm-hmm. They're there for a show, and yeah. like the show builds to a climax. Yeah, true. And I'm aware of all the innuendo that I'm saying here. I know, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and so that's that's that, that, that's what they're there for. Well, the Chippendales were legitimately huge, so I don't know. I'm pretty sure they didn't get their dicks out, so I don't know what to tell okay, you. Yeah. Sure, yeah, I think it's just like not as it's not like a, going to a lap dance like in Showgirls, where it's just where you're going to just cream your jeans, you know, and get get grinded <laughs> on. It's more just like a fun, wild show where you just yeah. get really drunk and have a laugh and like leer at some what happened sexy, to the, oily guys. What happened to the Chippendales uh, show after this? After after this film, oh, did oh. they did they still only go down to? I don't know. I don't know if they had to up their game if the full Monty like raised the stakes. I don't I think their show stayed pretty much the same. I don't. I, 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 it was just a weird little trend for a while. They used mm. to like do these all these clubs, and I think they're still in Vegas, maybe or some variation yeah. of them. I don't know. Yeah, they're all pit crew on RuPaul's Drag Race now. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Robert Carlyle and Mark Addy, they uh, well, Gaz and Dave. I'm gonna mm-hmm. try and call them that because I've called them in my sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaz and Dave, they start just insulting the poster and being sort of really. I was like, oh, they probably not. They only got tiny dicks anyway. That's why they don't get them out. Well, they're a bunch of puffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just really kind of build what kind of characters these two yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And yeah, no, I'm lost now. You've lost. <laughs> you were doing so well. <laughs> I was. I was. A whole scene. Yeah, a whole scene. To the job center. Well, no, because they. Well, what they do is they see this poster mm-hmm. for the Chippendales who are actually performing that very night, mm. and so it's a women's only show, so they can't mm. go in, but they think that they're 
well, Dave's wife or girlfriend, wife, wife, yeah. and Gaza's ex-wife mm-hmm. are, are, probably, are probably in there. So Gaz sends little Nathan in, like they, they push him through the toilet mm-hmm. door, toilet door around the back. And they send little Nathan in to spy for them to see if their mm-hmm. wives are actually in there. Yeah. So the little kid, he, he goes through, he sneaks through and he goes in and rather than go and find his mom, he just immediately makes a beeline for the nearest, <laughs> <laughs> the nearest pint. I loved yeah. and just starts down on it, which I thought was yeah. re- a really funny little moment. I yeah. That. So Gaz kind of follows him in through the bathroom window. Uh, Mark Eddy stays outside. And then Gaz has to hide in a toilet cubicle mm. as a bunch of women come into the men's to use it because it's a woman's only night. So who cares? Including Dave's wife. Including Dave's wife, yeah. And this is where we get a little bit of dialogue where, yeah, she talks a little bit about how, or she makes some joke about some guy who might have the hots for her or something. And mm. this doesn't obviously bode very well for Gaz and Dave. One of the other women does her very memorable <laughs> using the urinal moment. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, Gaz seems to find pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. But he seem, In fact, he seems to believe that this is a sign of that it's actually the end times for all men. <laughs> it was great. I, I, lo- I loved how this went. <laughs> it was like, well, I guess that we're just worthless now. And uh, again, that's another sort of theme of the movie is all these men feeling useless. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Very emasculated. And not mm-hmm. just by women using a, a urinal. Sure. But, yeah. uh, very practically women using a urinal, I guess. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But no, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. They're, they're all like been brought up to believe in this very kind of traditional the man has to bring home the mm. money over else he's and provide for his family or, yeah. or else he's useless yeah and now they're all none of them can make any money because all of their jobs are shut down and they keep keep feeling very adrift and mm-hmm. yeah and it's yeah it's taken a big toll on their self-esteem and i think the film while being a very broad comedy actually manages to kind of talk about that in quite a mm. interesting way it, it really does have little moments of where you can really see that these characters are in like a lot of pain, like yeah, some yeah. more than others. Um, but yeah, he's even Gaz to a degree. Well, yeah, Gaz's main thing is he's, you know, going to lose his son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that he, he kind feels... of builds as the film goes on. Like we don't mm. get all of his pain straight away. Sure. Yeah. Whereas, like, say, yeah, Dave, you kind of do. Like, you mm. you kind of understand that. Like, oh, he's really he's got no self confidence whatsoever. He's convinced his wife is going to leave him. Yeah. 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 Um, and you get that immediately. There's not much building, but it, it, it does still carry on. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it helps that they're both really good actors. So yeah. it kind of, it sells it very, very well. Yeah. So yeah, so then we cut to the next day, I guess. And Gaz is yeah quite disturbed by what he's seen in the uh, mm-hmm. in this working men's club with the Chippendales <laughs> and the, the, the women stand, peeing, standing up and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And he's, yeah, he does this whole rant about how men are becoming useless or whatever. Then he kind of hits on this idea that actually if these... If these Chippendales can make money, I think he finds out how much money. That's it. He finds out how mm. much money a Chippendale can actually charge. Like how, how much do they bring in? Because like a, he says there was like a thousand women in that working men's club. Yeah. I, I suspect there weren't that many. Yeah. Didn't seem like that big of a venue, but sure. But yeah, so, so, so certainly like multiple hundred. Oh yeah, no, it was very clearly a very popular night. Mm. So he's like, well, if there's money in it, why don't we do it? And yeah. I love how this film doesn't I, really. I I love just the idea of their maths as well. Firstly, yeah. they're terrible at maths. They're like, yeah. wow, there's like a thousand of them and ten pounds a ticket. So. That must be loads, and I, and then they get told it's ten thousand, and then just the idea they that, question it, yeah, yeah. Well, and then the idea they've all got on their heads is like, wow, if we do this, we'll have ten thousand pounds, and I'm yeah. like, well, firstly, no, probably not a thousand people can fit in there, and you don't get all the money. Yeah, there's that's gonna be how a it goes. The venue takes a big cut. Yeah, 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 and you're gonna have to split it in between. Yeah, they... yeah, you have to split it between as many people as you add to your uh, your, yeah. your 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 group. So. Well, listen, not to cut to the end, but at the end of the film, like it, it, it obviously ends in this very triumphant moment, but I'm just kind mm. of like, these guys are taking home like maybe 800 quid in each if they've had a good night. Like, yeah. this isn't going to solve a lot really of long-term like problems. like a one-time thing as Yeah, well. this isn't going to solve a lot of their long-term problems, <laughs> no. but it's not really the point of the movie, I guess. No, no it's absolutely not. Yeah. But 
speaking of like long-term problems, like it's weird that his wife was constant or ex-wife was constantly saying that like, you need to pay 700 pounds mm. for the childcare payments. Yeah. It's like, is that as a one-off? Or is that that like, sounds like a it, lot for a month, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that a month? Is that is, maybe he's like been so behind that it's built up to seven hundred quid? Is what sure. he is. Yeah, maybe. I've never had to pay child support, so I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah. So he gets into his head that oh, there's some money in this stripping lock, so why don't we give it a go? And like how the film, just once he's had that idea, it just accept. It's just like okay, so this this is his idea now. Just goes with it. It just goes with it. It, it doesn't like spend a whole lot of time on like oh maybe there's something else they could do. It's mm. like no, this is the only way to make money. The thing that I was really complimenting the character on a lot mm. throughout the film was he's so determined. He is, like, yeah. He has set his mind something and he's really going for it. Like every moment when he's not doing something else, he's like practicing the routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's it's just bizarre that you'd you'd get a a, a man like that to just be like, I'm going to be a stripper. Yeah. And just suddenly decide like cause he's you know trying to be a really masculine man and yeah. being a stripper is not necessarily that. Mm-hmm. But you know the whole film was about learning a new masculinity i guess yeah sure being mm-hmm. ha- being happy within yourself and uh yeah i just love that he just does it so well yeah i agree because on paper he's not the most likable character no. but you like him a because robert carlisle's a good actor but also i think because he is he's so determined and he's really like you really root for him he's like a classic underdog like mm, he yeah. he really wants to do this and he's he's working really hard to make it happen so you kind of yeah you want him to you, you don't want to see him fail yeah hang on though why were all them women in working men's club in the first place, eh? Now then. Because it was. Men. But you call them Chippendales men. Degrading, that's what it were. How many lasses were there, though? Thousands. Baying for blood. Ten quid and all to watch some fucking puff get his kit off. Ten quid. Right. Times ten quid by a thousand, right? And you've got... Yeah, well, a lot. A very lot. Ten thousand quid. How much? 10,000 quid. Hey now, Dave, I mean, uh, it's worth a thought, though, isn't it? So then he gets this into his head, and then he's very determined to to make it happen. And um, Dave is less convinced, obviously, because he's Mm -hmm. still got a lot of uh, self-esteem issues and doesn't really feel good about his body. But then they kind of attract some other kind of people who are also kind of to, to form the troupe. We, we cut very quickly to like an audition sequence, but mm-hmm. first we get Gerald, played by Tom Wilkinson, mm-hmm. who's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's their former foreman at the, like their boss at the factory they used to work yeah. at, but he's also been un, un, been laid off, obviously. And he's we find out that he's been unemployed for six months mm-hmm. and he's not told his wife. Yeah. And his wife is like carrying on, spending, yeah. spending money on credit cards and just putting them into horribly escalating debt. And he's just too ashamed to tell her. It's just this horrible spiraling situation mm-hmm. the scene when he like talks about all of that is such good acting mm. i think it's really really good when he when he like talks about like the ski holiday and he like has a full pr- when, when they like use the gnomes to like wreck his <laughs> to, like, wreck his job interview yeah like, it's, it's hilarious it is, uh, I sh- it's, it's hilarious but at the same time like immediately afterwards you're like oh shit. that was mean yeah that's, <laughs> that's not that's not nice no yeah that's what I mean about like if it was different actors or the tone was just ever so slightly different, you'd hate these characters. They'd be yeah. horrible I, I, bullies. But... I love the way that like they they all walk up to him with their tails between their legs afterwards yeah. when he's like sat like outside on the bench, mm. and none of them have it in themselves to say sorry. Yeah, but 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 also like Gerald, his name is that that's that's not a problem. Like he's not asking for them to say sorry because like he doesn't. He doesn't want that. He's too awkward to sort of want. Yeah, that. Every, every, everyone's too awkward about it because mm. that's just 
how men are. Yeah, no, exactly. It's all, it's all, it's very good on like how men communicate and what like, yeah. yeah, what they, what they do and don't need to say. Yeah. There's, there's never any big like American, let's all hug each other. and Oh, I love no. you brother kind of thing. It's yeah. all very like unspoken yeah. and yeah, slightly awkward, but, but yeah, you, you, you really believe they've, they've taken the time to super glue that gnome back together. They, they yeah. do feel bad about it. So yeah. Yeah. They, they... which makes me really emotional when like later on in the movie, when the wife smashes it, oh, really? <laughs> I like, I mean, I get you didn't like the gnome, but like we liked the gnome. <laughs> they brought that to life already. <laughs> that gnome goes through it. It does. That that poor gnome has has a rough time in this movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, they sabotage a job interview he has with his gnome, and um, he has a bit of a breakdown and explains that he's in this horrible debt. And yeah. at some point, I can't remember exactly what changes, but they get him on board to join mm-hmm. the stripping group. I guess as a maybe just as a way of. Mm-hmm. They realize he's also in, in need, I guess. And he realizes he doesn't have a lot of options. Yeah. So then he's in the group. Uh, they also come across a guy called Lumper, I think his name was. Lump- Lumper. Lumper. Lumper, yeah. What a ridiculous name. No, guess... no wonder this man is very depressed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Lumper is, I guess he's also a factory worker. I think they're all supposed to be. Yeah. But uh, he has, he also plays in the brass band, that we, mm-hmm. the random brass band we saw earlier. Mm-hmm. And brass band, there is a lot of brass band music in Sheffield. That's kind of part yeah. of Sheffield's musical tradition. So I think that's what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. referencing. But yeah, he's in the brass band and he's very depressed for reasons that the film doesn't spend a huge amount of time on. Mm-hmm. We get some little hints here and there. He lives, yeah. he lives alone with his mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, later we find out he's gay, obviously. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. But yeah, we're introduced to him. Basically, Gaz and Dave are out for a walk. Mm-hmm. and they walk past him and he seems like he's having car trouble yeah and dave very kindly kind of stops and helps him out and says oh no you've got to you know this is why you're wrong and he, he, he kind of fixes up the engine for mm-hmm. him closes the door and walks on completely oblivious to the fact that lomper is very clearly <laughs> sitting with the exhaust pipe through his window mm-hmm. waiting to trying to gas himself yeah and he just like shuts him in and goes okay well cl-, and walks like a little bit down the road and then something snaps in his head and he yeah. runs back and yeah. drags him out <laughs> It's hilarious. It is pretty. It's yeah. very funny in, a very, in that very dark British way that I really. And it's, it's also great because then, like, the joke continues because Lumper says, he says something to Mark Addy. I forget. Yeah, what yeah, he yeah. Is, And like, he pisses him off. Mark Addy, instead of like, you know, the kind of you, you, this, the reaction where you punch someone in the face, mm. instead he just sort of picks he him up, flings him, throws back him back in. in the car, and just yeah. like sits on the doors. He's like pounding up, like, let me out. <laughs> like, he could have died. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. It's very good. It's very good. And then it cuts to the next scene, which. It's, it might be one of my favorite little carriage moments. It's the three of them just sitting on a on a hill, looking over Yorkshire, mm. and they're just coming, just just brainstorming different ways to kill yourself. Yeah, but it's just done in such a brilliant way, and I think this is maybe why it got the score because the the music's playing here, and it is score; it's not soundtrack. And I know it just really all adds to the mood. There's yeah. that, and their acting, and all their timing, and the brilliant script writing. And it's it's a hilarious scene. It's really heartwarming. And they're all just talking about suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, again, it's got that kind of dark kind of thing to it where it's like you can kind of sense that they've all kind of genuinely thought about this. Like, yeah. You know, like because the, they're all, they're, they are all at that kind of rock bottom kind mm. of part of their lives. So they probably have thought like, you know, if I decided to end it all, what, what would I do? And then they're kind of going through it. And like, yeah. yeah. I love the comedy of all the reasons, like the excuses they give. Like, oh, oh I can't, I sorry, drowning's no good. I can't swim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the best one. <laughs> I don't like heights. <laughs> I don't have any mates to run me over. Yeah. I'd run you over as soon as look at you. Yeah, it's great. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good scene, you're right. Yeah. Um, so they recruit him into the, the gang as well. And then the rest of the, the other two. And I know that he's very much a supporting character, but yeah. 
he's he's also just really heartwarming. Yeah. Like at that scene when when Mark Addy says, "Yeah, I'd run you over as soon as look at you," just like the grin that comes on his face at that point. And it's like, yeah. oh, this yeah. one just made two friends. Yeah. Lovely. No, yeah, I think because yeah, he, he's he's more of like even when he's not getting a lot of dialogue, which he mm. he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. He he he's often like in the background reacting to things, and he's, yeah. he's very very good. Yeah, he's, he really is. He says a lot without saying a lot. That mm-hmm. character. Um, and then the other two main characters, they kind of attract through an open audition process. So I love the audition montage. I mean, it's a it's a it's, movie staple. You can't beat a good audition. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, there's a few. That, like, there's there's one person who comes in. And oh, it's just so sad. He just he like he he, he doesn't know how to dance no. for one thing, and he knows that he's got to take his clothes off, but he doesn't know he needs to give it some flair. Oh, this is just this. Honestly, this this is one of the most tragic moments. Ever. It's just like this sad, depressed removal of the clothes. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, and, and just then like he giving gets up, stuck, half- like with his belt and stuff. Yeah, and, and he just gives up halfway through, and it's like, yeah. sorry, lads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, best guy. My kids are right back. Yeah. Oh, that that was that was that broke my heart. That was so sad. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, that's that's all that that guy has, and it just yeah. really shows that, like, I don't know this this kind of unhappiness just mm. around here it's just everywhere it's just like yeah it's it's endemic it's yeah. in the culture at this point yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, that it's was hilarious that. and grim at the same it time it is yeah which is what this movie does incredibly well it's a really good balancing act yeah, yeah. uh but then we meet horse who's yeah. great maybe yeah. i think horse is my maybe my favorite character well i never i never I never really worked out his name because yeah I, th- I thought when, when he introduced himself as horse or they mm. introduced him as horse i'm like okay so this guy like he's like that must be his stage name yeah or something like he's horse because like you know he's got a big dick yeah he's he, he's already a stripper or something because i know i remembered slightly that like the people they get from now that everyone's got a thing that's going to be helpful to them yeah, yeah 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 and so horse it turns out is actually a really good dancer yeah um and i was like okay he's gonna have like a really big dick and no one sort of makes that joke initially and it's much later in the film when they they all strip down to their underwear and they're like oh, horse by name horse by nature eh yeah 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 and I was like was that not the thing right no, they away do, they was do horse s- his actual name is that his I think it's name? just well they, 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 they do say that they have a little bit of dialogue where when he's auditioning and they say where do you think he got that nickname from it wasn't because he's running the Grand National is it so you know. yeah yeah so I think I think it's just it's just his nickname you know people have nicknames you know yeah his nickname is horse yeah but yeah no horse is great yeah. I, I mean I I was instantly attracted to horse's soothing scouse accent so <laughs> <laughs> it took me right back to childhood. Um, <laughs> And then we get introduced to to my favorite character, who turns out was just called Guy. Guy, yeah. And the thing that I loved about him is he's the only happy person in this film. Yeah, he just is. he loves where he is. Yeah. He loves his life, mm-hmm. and he's just, he's just having a good time. Yeah, true. And he he thinks he's better he's he's better than he is at what he can do. Mm-hmm. So I love that his first thing is like, yeah, I can run up that wall. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he's he's just so happy. He's he is, great. Well, and we find out why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, well, what they say? Well, you can't dance. He's like, not really. You can't. You can't move. Not really. What can you do? Oh, uh, well. And he just pulls his pants down, and everyone's just like, it's it's like that moment in the cartoons where the jaws just yeah, like fall yeah, onto yeah. the ground. Like, yeah. So he he's the real horse. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Horse is just a good dancer. He, he, well, the thing with horses, they they're all kind of like, oh, he's he's quite a bit older than the rest of us. Is he really gonna, you know, what what's he gonna do? And they say, well, what can you do? And he goes, well, you know, I can do the, I can do the mashed potato. I can do yeah. the, I think my breakdancing days are behind me, but I've always got the funky chicken. Like, I love it. He goes through all these like old school dance things and then he mm. does it. Like yeah. he, he does like Night of a Thousand Dancers that night. Nah, 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 nah. And he just goes through them all. And he, he, he's a smooth mover. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask him why he's called the horse. You bloody ask him. It's not because he does Grand National, is it? Yeah, that's all very well, but what's the point of having a big wanger if you need a Zimmer frame to town it in, eh? 
mean, it must be 50 if he's a day. So, <clears throat> horse, what can you do? Don't know, really. Um, let's see, there's the, uh, there's the bump, the stomp, the bus stop. We break dancing days are probably over, but there's always the funky chicken. Now you're talking. So that's horse and guy that they're added to the tune, and then we've got like our main, they're like our main group now. Yeah, six of them. So the main six, yeah. And Nathan's always there on the side. Oh like, yeah, the little like, kid like always the, the music. Yeah, the little kid Nathan, who's Gaza's son, is always there just watching grown men strip, which yeah. is never, never not weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like they address that really well in the film as well. I mean, mm. we'll we'll get to it a bit later. Yeah, no, sure, but the, he, yeah, there's a whole thing where he. He keeps asking his dad why they can't just do normal things together. But over mm. the course of the film, I think he really stops. He really learns to like it. He learns to really enjoy helping grow a mental strip. Yeah. And I think that the thing about it is, is that it's just his dad's determination. Yes. It's just like, no, actually, like, yeah, sure, it's weird. Like, we could go to footballs and stuff. But mm. actually, my dad's really happy right now. Yeah, that's and it. Gaz makes it fun for them. Like when he's doing yeah. his routines. And I like I like to see my dad happy. And he's good at this. Yeah. And like, he's, he's good at something. This is great. And I really get that idea that, like, okay, like Gaz is he's not good at many things mm. and he's not happy a lot of the time and everything's difficult but this is it this is working yeah so yeah no I love the scene when when Gaz is first like doing his attempt at like dancing and he's like you know when he's like got the cigarette in his mouth and he like yeah and he's doing this whole sequence and you'd think if this was your dad you'd be absolutely mortified and you, you'd, you just want the earth to swallow <laughs> up but he has he's got this kind of glint in his eye of like yeah. he's enjoying himself and he's like in on the joke a little bit and it, it is magnetic and it mm. does make like, you can see why yeah, the son who's been used to him, his dad just being like this alcoholic, depressed person would mm -hmm. be like, oh, would really start to enjoy this kind of thing, even though it is deeply, deeply weird. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, and then I guess for the next half hour of the movie, really, we just see them kind of working through their various kind of insecurities and problems as they mm -hmm. kind of get ready for this this show. The main one is obviously Mark Addy, who, like as we mentioned, he's, he's got a lot of insecurities. He feels really bad about his weight. He's really depressed. It seems like he's, he's, he can't perform sexually with his wife. It seems mm. like it, it just seems classic, like he's classic depression. Really, he's just yeah. got like really low self esteem, probably body dysmorphia, all, you know, lots and lots of problems. Mm -hmm. So and and it's it's quite heartwarming through the film as he kind of you know the characters make fun of him, but then they start to kind of try and build him up a little bit, mm -hmm. and uh, it kind of culminates. Well, he tries various. He, he starts off obviously trying various things to like to lose weight even though there's like this, this film takes a place over the course of like five days i'm mm, like yeah. you, you're gonna need a bit more time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like i mean the scene when he's wrapping himself in cling film and sadly eating a snickers bar is one of the <laughs> the, the, the funniest and saddest things i've ever watched it like, really so, is, isn't it? it's up there with the guy sadly doing the strip like just, yeah <laughs> it's really good <laughs> but yeah so he kind of yeah he, he kind of drops out at, at a certain point because he just feels like he can't do it and nobody's gonna want to see him strip and he gets really mm -hmm. depressed and down on himself and he gets a day job instead as a security guard mm -hmm. and then his wife finds his phone that they were rehearsing mm -hmm. in and accuses him of like cheating on him and having an affair yeah and then he admits that he's not having an affair he says he was going to become a stripper mm -hmm. but he didn't have it in him and he said that he kind of has a breakdown he's like well, who's going to want to want to see this strip mm -hmm. And then they have this little heartwarming where she's like, I do. Yeah. I want to see you strip. Yeah. And she builds him up and uh, yeah. gives him his confidence back. It's which is, a really good it's, it's really nice. Yeah, it's mm. sweet. Yeah. Just listen, will you? It's nothing to do with any fucking women, all right? Um, I want a stripper, right? Me and Gaz and some fellas thought we could make a bob or two out of taking us clothes off. Strippers? 
All right, all right, I know. You and Gats, strippers. We weren't that bad. Only I couldn't, could I? Why not? Well, look at me. So? Jeannie, who wants to see this dance? Me, Dave. I do. So that's his story, I guess. Mm -hmm. Then there is... Uh, so Gerald, he's obviously having a lot of trouble with his wife because he's not told her about the fact that he's been unemployed for six months. And mm -hmm. so obviously she's been spending all this money on the, and racking up all this debt without mm -hmm. realizing. And it all comes to a head when the bailiffs turn up and start. Well, for, you, you've, you've skipped over two bits there. Okay. So first of all, there's the scene when um, all the guys go over to his house. Yes. And Gaz says, right, take your clothes off. Yeah. We need, we need to, we need to see, we need to just approach this and see see each other's bodies and yeah and get comfortable with yeah, it yeah 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 because we're gonna have to so let's just do it now yeah and, they, and, and they do it and it's really awkward yeah. but then a bell rings and a bailiff's there and they're gonna go and repossess lots of stuff mm -hmm. and so gerald's like well you can't do that and and they're like no we're gonna do it but then all the guys come in wearing just underwear um i love how in in these scenes whenever there's a lot of body on show yeah. guy the gay guy he's always got his hands on his hips and he's in a power pose <laughs> yeah. he loves it because yeah. also his body looks immaculate as well yeah because that's like what, he's, he, he's got he a actually six pack and everything he actually looks like a chippendale that's yeah. like all the others look the whole point is that they look like normal guys and yeah. he, he looks like an actual chippendale and so. he knows it yeah that's I, my I'm, favorite thing it's just yeah. that he knows it yeah because he must have like three lines of dialogue in this whole film yeah. like, he really doesn't say much <laughs> but he's he's always got something going on he's, yeah. he's a lot of fun yeah I just love the scene later on again in Gerald's house when he's just he's just using the wife's sunbed. <laughs> just, yeah. just, I, don't, I don't know why that really tickled me. It's like <laughs> just topping up his tan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, she has her own sunbed. She has got them into a lot of debt. Yeah. Oh, God. That is a that is an expense. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, then there's a there's a key scene in the middle of the film that you've completely skipped over. Well, I'm just going by character arc, but go ahead, yeah. Well, the character arcs kind of all conclude after this scene where they're doing a dress rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And so Horse has got some of his family members there. Again, his niece. His niece. It's weird. Like, I'm what, like, niece doesn't feel like the weirdest one. They don't specify who the other family members are, but like, there's an old woman there. That's got to be his mother. I think his mother and his niece are at least two of them, yeah. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's weird. It's so but strange. his family don't seem like disturbed by it at all. No, and, they seem and, to and, love and, every and second. neither yeah. does he. So I'm like, all right. Whatever. I like that those characters are also present at the very end as well. Yeah. They've come to the actual show. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they never actually saw the end here. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, would you go see your brother? No. <laughs> no, you couldn't pay me. You couldn't pay not enough money in the world. No. I mean, more power to him. I'm not, I'm not saying like uh -huh. he wouldn't yeah, be yeah. good at it, but no. Yeah, no, I couldn't either. Couldn't go see any of my family do it. No, no. It's, yeah, no, it's just weird, isn't it? Yeah. No. But anyway, so they're, they're doing this dress rehearsal and they get pretty close to the end. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if in that dress rehearsal they were going to go the full Monty or not. Yeah, because I think the assumption was that they were. Well, that, that wasn't, yeah, I forget at what point in film this happens, but it wasn't the initial plan. But at one point when they're putting posters up, they start getting made fun of. And you know, some of the girls. Say, oh, no, you're right. They only decide to do the full Monty after they get challenged. Yeah, yeah like yeah. some of the girls are like, well, who's going to pay to go and see you guys take your clothes off then? Yeah. Like, well, we're, unlike those Chippendales, we're going to. We're going to go the full Monty. Mm. Yeah, Gaz says that very kind of impulsively. And, and the like, other guys no, like, no one's agreed to it. And it's not on the posters. Yeah. 
So I guess they got new posters printed. Sure, yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> maybe the word just went around. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so th- they do the dress rehearsal and right towards the end, uh, a police officer walks in and just catches them all like that. Yeah. Um, the guy and... Guy and Lumper. Lumper, Lumper yeah. They, they bolt. They just run naked through the streets of Sheffield, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the little thongs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I forget what happens to Mark Addy, but the... He sticks around. He's arrested. Okay, sure. Gaz, um, Gerald, and Mark Addy, I guess, horse, all and, get arrested. And, and, yeah. and horse, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they they all get arrested. Um, no idea what's going on with horse's family. No, I guess they were just like, <laughs> bye. Well, they're not naked. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're not in any trouble. Um, and Nathan, the kid, he also accompanies them to um, to the police station. Yeah. Obviously not getting arrested. He's getting um, like questioned by social services. <laughs> yeah, just like, does your dad take your clothes off a lot in front of you? And just like, well, yeah, he's rehearsing. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I, I liked his very sort of matter-of-fact responses. They're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, this isn't a problem. This is just... What latest, they do, yeah. It's just his latest thing. It's, yeah, yeah. it's fine. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. Bit drunk right now, but <laughs> fine. But yeah, so, that, so they're all at this police station mm-hmm. and... Uh, Gaz's ex-wife comes and picks up pick, picks up Nathan, and she's like, "Well, well you know, is this is this is this how you're making your money? This is terrible." And like, is it? Yeah. There are many, many worse ways that he could be making like trying trying. Try they to do make, make his wife better. into a bit of a shrew in this. She's yeah, a bit they, like yeah. Unpla- doesn't she? Doesn't really get a lot of her own character. She's just like yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I I, I get it, you know, because. You don't divorce somebody for no reason. Sure, yeah. There would there would be the reasons, and he it sounds like he's late on his on it, on his payments. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know he's probably been quite unreliable in the past. Oh, and sure. Has been and has done some you know crazy schemes. Mm-hmm. This just seems like the craziest one. But I'm still just thinking, look, he's not selling drugs. Yeah. He's not doing any crimes. He's not even really robbing anything. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, he has just been arrested for indecent exposure. Well, they, son, well, yeah. well he, they didn't even arrest him in the end. True, that's yeah. The, that's the thing. Mm. Like, the police don't even have anything to, to, to get him. Although on. it does strangely make front page news on the... Yeah. On the, on the <laughs> I'm like, yeah. how slow of a news week is it in Sheffield? Like, that's all that's happened? Like, yeah. some some middle-aged men didn't get their knobs out? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I think that, weirdly, actually, Mark Addy's um you know a nice moment with his with 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 his wife when she yeah. discovers the fans i think that's after this yeah so i guess she doesn't read the newspaper yeah. yeah. um but gerald on the other hand well his life gets completely turned upside down yeah because his wife did see the newspaper even though he like went around shops trying to buy all the newspapers yeah i liked that um, although again how much debt are you in yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, his, his his wife clearly saw it, and the uh, well. Uh, also, he comes home, and all the bailiffs are taking all the stuff, which is yeah. probably more of an issue for her. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but like she knows both, and she's like, "Well, none of that actually ashames me. All that ashames me is that you lied to me for six months." Which, yeah, I'm like, absolutely, all right, fair yeah. enough. Do we ever get... She does smash, smash his gnome, though. Yes, and that too. Do we ever get a conclusion to their relationship? No, it's kind of left open, so I guess we don't know whether... I, I guess they probably stay together. I'd imagine she yeah. forgives him. I don't like, know. He, he, he gets that job at the end. He does, yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. Uh, don't it know didn't how... seem like she was leaving him. I think, like, the gnome was as far no, as she went. Yeah, like, she asked him to move out, I think, but... Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Well, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so everyone's stories have kind of, like... You know, they hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also Looper and Guy, they're, they're oh, yeah, on their little yeah. run through. They, they go through love, the, love, the, love the sprint. They, they go sprinting through Sheffield, jumping over all the gardens, and they, they end up climbing into a back window somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a random house. I think it's supposed to be Lompus House, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. they, they're both like in thongs, mm-hmm. 
climbing through a window, standing mm. together in the room, and then they both realize that, oh, oh, we're gay. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that happens sometimes? Just, oh, oh, I'm gay. <laughs> and, and, uh, I'm still waiting. Yeah, well, one day. Uh, <laughs> find that window, Harry. Find it. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. So they, yeah, but I don't Did you watch this on Disney Plus? Yes. Yeah, I did too. I don't know if it's just like a weird fake memory because it would have felt like really like momentous to see a gay scene in a movie when mm-hmm. I was like a kid. But like, I could swear there's more of this scene that they didn't show. Do you think? I felt like they, I'm sure I remember them, them actually like kissing. I'm calling controversy if Disney Plus cut this scene short. I'm not I, saying I, they I did. I don't know. I, I, Maybe I, I, I'm misremembering I it. I don't think they would. I don't think we, I don't think we live in that time anymore where they would have cut that. True. Yeah. Maybe not. Cause they're very pro a lot of things. Because they have to be because of publicity. Sure. Okay. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah. Probably. Probably. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm misremembering. I just had a real memory that they that that, that they they properly kiss. But actually, all they do is you like pro- look at each other. You probably just imagined the rest of that scene. I think maybe I did. Yeah. Yeah. That probably is what it was. Again Fair and enough. again, every night. Oh come on, please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it, it's a great scene, and I. I, I only remember last time, shortly afterwards, we get the funeral of... Uh, yeah, because his mum dies very abruptly. Yeah, and uh, that's when everyone else works out that those two have got together because they're like holding hands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that I think this is the first time that I noticed a gay couple on screen. Oh, wow, okay. I don't know if it's the first thing I saw a gay couple on screen. Sure, sure, sure. What's that first thing you Because so, sometimes you don't always notice because they don't always make it very obvious. Indeed, yeah. But uh, yeah, this is the first time that I, uh, I haven't, haven't noticed it. I didn't think anything of it. Oh, well, weren't you a progressive little kid? I know. How no. uh, great? Great. Good, yeah. Good Good for you for clearing that low bar. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the same. Like, yeah, watching this at this time, I was like, I was like, oh, I guess they, you know, because they make some quite homophobic comments. There. Well, they say puff mm. a lot, basically, which, you yeah. know, whatever. But yeah, they, they kind of like, they, they do accept it, they, I guess. They don't even that, say it in a way that they mean is mean. No, no, no. My the, people the, at school the, used the, to the, do the, that as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just... It's, it's it's an insult it's like yeah. it's like fucker you know it's just like yeah, yeah. just a phrase but yeah that's it so yeah it's it's a low bar to, to to you know praise a film for but yeah i guess it is quite nice that they despite being very salt of the earth and very you know mm. macho they don't actually you know, at any point they, they completely accept them perfectly well like they, mm. they have a little laugh about it and then they move on they're not like yeah oh my god we can't be naked around a gay like that I'm, i really appreciate that that conversation never happens mm-hmm. they never have that oh i can't be naked around a gay guy this changes everything like mm-hmm. that that just isn't part of it which is yeah. i really liked i was i was pleased yeah. by that so yeah. yeah it was great that just everyone was casually just not, like yeah, not, sure. not not really we have bigger issues when, yeah. I, when i actually think about it they're not yeah exactly exactly um, so, yeah. which was uh yeah it was good they bloody are you know they're all the nuns. They're never. Straight up. I never even know hands were really lasses, me. Maybe I should. Ah, they all did bloody thought, eh? Ah, oh, well, there's now as queer as folk. <laughs> I said there's now as queer as folk. Shut up, Dave. It's supposed to be a bloody funeral. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We've reached the end of the film now, anyway, I think, more or less. So, yeah, they've all worked through their various problems. Mark Addy's, you know, had this lovely moment with his wife. Um, Gaz, despite almost losing his son, mm-hmm. his son does actually still, like, lends him some money and talks yeah. him up and stuff. They, they get The night arrives, basically. The other characters mm-hmm. don't really get that much Well, of well first of all, Gaz bumps into the uh, the owner of the venue. Oh, yes, that's um, it. And they it, learn that actually they've sold loads of tickets. Yeah, they, yeah they've sold 200 tickets already. Mm-hmm. And so Gaz is like, guys, we're on. Yeah, it's happening. Mm-hmm. We're doing it, and so then it, they have a, they have a quick little get the band back together, mm-hmm. um, and uh, go on. 
Um, well, that's it. So yeah, they, they they all agreed reluctantly to do the full Monty. I love that just everyone from the whole film is in the audience. Yes, that's what I mean. Like every every side character, every mm-hmm. background character, it really creates this sense of like a small community. Yeah. It does it really, brilliant. really well, yeah. And like even Gaz's ex-wife is in there, which is brilliant because that just, that, that shows that like he's, you know, got his relative happily ever after. Yeah. Because, you know, he, he's made up with his ex-wife. Yeah. She doesn't hate him anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's very much unsaid as to whether he manages to make 700 quid out of this gig yeah which is enough to pay his childcare payments and you know whatever happens afterwards we don't know maybe, maybe we'll find out later in this podcast sure but yeah it's just great that they never really tell you and they lived happily ever after yeah no like, I, no they just they did life it goes on yeah and you know it was probably a good thing yeah that's it. I, I like that i really like this film doesn't feel the need to over explain everything yeah. to give you a complete neat wrap everything up in a neat little bow yeah but ultimately yeah. they all learned to sort of accept themselves and like themselves which a lot of them didn't yes at the start, exactly at the start yeah. of this film mm-hmm. apart from guy he was always just fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we get to the, we get to the night it's a it's a packed house gaz actually has a little um a little meltdown he, mm-hmm. he can't do it he, he's too nervous and, he's, and actually mark addy kind of dave steps up and he's like he, he's, he really finds his confidence and goes out and, and becomes like the compare as well yeah, and yeah. really introduces the whole show mm-hmm. and then Gaz is kind of sat there backstage drinking and then his son comes back and like gives him a real pep talk and like really tells him off and just says, you've got to go and do this. Come on, you've mm-hmm. so much work into it. Yeah. Stop moaning and go and do it. And he, yeah. he does. He goes up. I think he says something like... Such a good person to give a pep talk. Like yeah. when when Gaz didn't go up, I was like, oh, I didn't really need Gaz to not go up. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really feel that from his character. But then when his son starts giving them the pep talk, I was like, this is brilliant. Yeah. I love that his son is the one because that sort of justifies his son being there through this whole journey. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's, it solidifies their relationship. And then he also has, he says something like, is anybody not pissed off at me or something? Or anyone not going on at me? Yeah. So then he goes on and, uh, and yeah, they do their dance to, uh, you can leave your hat on by mm-hmm. Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's a very, yeah, well, it's a striptease, but and it ends with them all holding the hat over their dicks. And then mm-hmm. they, they pull off their phones behind the hat. It's very mm-hmm. famous. And, uh, <laughs> Then we from behind we get some shots from behind and they they, they pull off the hats and we don't see anything but uh, no. the film freeze frames on some bums and uh, mm-hmm. yeah did you it. notice a very conveniently placed lens flare I did yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody had some sideball going on yeah. <laughs> <It's> great <laughs> yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah it ends it, it, it's a good ending because mm. it, you, as you, you're right it doesn't wrap everything up in a neat little bow these characters have not found a happy ever after or anything no. But uh, it's a little triumphant moment, and that's really all the film really needs to give them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good film. I say it's a it's a, it's a perfect. This film. is one of the most enthusiastic you've been in a long time about a film. So one of the, one of the best ones we've done in a long time. Great. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. So better cool. Than, better than Showgirls. I I mean I wouldn't go that far. Okay. It's of a higher quality. It's of a higher quality than Showgirls. I don't know if you if you put a gun to my head about which one I'd take to a desert island. Really? I'd probably take Showgirls. Seriously? Oh, it's just more fun for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying it's a better film, but it, mm-hmm. it's Showgirls is so entertaining. I don't think I could live without, you know, mm. different places. Yeah, I, just, I just can't. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. I don't expect you to agree. Okay. Okay, sure. Listen, I'm going to get really annoyed with you in a minute. They're cheering out there. You did that. Now get out there and do your stuff. God, is there anyone I don't get bollocked by? Out! Should we do drinking games? Sure. Okay, so you'll like this one. Okay. Drink when somebody removes an item of clothing. Drink when someone re- removes an item of clothing. Yeah, that's a good one. Because it's, it's uh... actually fairly well paced. Yes, you're right. It's not It's not like Showgirls where that drink would have you in a coma in 15 minutes. Like yeah. <laughs> and throughout this film, it just happens 
a lot. It's not all in one scene, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, obviously, it is all in like a couple of scenes, but uh, you know, there are just many moments where someone will start a striptease. Yeah, I like a lot of the practice ones. They're they're, they're a lot of the funniest ones. Yeah. They? Like, before they've really like nailed it. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of really funny like awkward removals of jackets and like yeah, yeah. obviously the one where Robert Carlyle's trying to take his shirt off and he forgets to take his cigarette out of his yeah. mouth and it's just <laughs> it's stupid, but it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're gonna roll your eyes at this one, but bear with me. Drink for toxic masculinity. Okay. But, but I do think this film kind of addresses it in a, like, in a not like beating you over the head with it kind of way. Like there is, because there is a lot of stuff about in this film about kind of what it is to be a man and then this feeling of what the whole film's about. Exactly. Yeah. I never, I never worked that out until now. Cause this is probably the first time I've watched this in 10, 15 years. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I never worked that out before Mm. now. That's what this film is about. It's It's absolutely about masculinity. It's it's not actually a comedy about strippers. Mm. Well, it is, but it's also about masculinity. Yeah. 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 Sure. But like, as well as, just the general like emotional arc of the film. There's also like little scenes, like for example, when they're in Gerald's bedroom at that one, in that one scene when they're looking at like a, I think they're like a playboy or a, a nuts magazine or whatever it would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them says, Oh, nice tits. And then, mm. or something. Oh no. One of them says, Oh, she's fit. And the other one says, Oh no, tits are too big. Like just like <laughs> makes a very judgmental comment. Yeah. And then the other guy says, hang on, they're going to be saying things like that about us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they really, they're like, they really stop and have a little moment where they think, oh, wow, we really objectify women and that doesn't mm. feel good. And we yeah. shouldn't do that anymore. Next. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like little moments like that really add depth to this film where they like, without like being really like, this is bad behavior. This is wrong. We've mm-hmm. learned a valuable lesson, you know, but it just kind of sneaks it in there in a mm-hmm. way that I think is really subtle and works really well. So, yeah. 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 Drink whenever they mention money. Yes. Yeah. Because... You know, it's not it's not really the driving force of this, mm. but kind of is. But it is, yeah. I know exactly. I think it. I think it really does a great job again of like very subtly showing like how hand to mouth their lives are and how precarious mm. their financial situation because they are so in this very. You know, they're they're all on benefits, obviously, so they really mm. live in once a month. There's like a scene again where they don't they don't really like make a big deal of it, but they get a Chinese and they have to cook it on a car engine. Yeah. Because clearly the gas has been cut off in his house. Yeah, yeah, the only explanation for why they'd be doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's lots of just little stuff like that. Like you trying really, to steal like a really heavy, big metal girder. The effort and, they go through and the amount of money and, they'd get for it would be like, so and, minimal. And yeah, they say they can get a tenner for it. Exactly. Yeah, which like by today that's about fifteen quid. And yeah, it's, even in 1997, that wouldn't have got you much. You know, no. like yeah, it it really does. It. it it really has that grit to it of like mm-hmm. yeah, this is actually. It's not a lot of money. The money they're going to get isn't going to change the lives forever, but it's going to keep them they, they, for they, another month. You know, they don't have any funeral appropriate clothes, so they need to go and yeah. steal some. Exactly, exactly, all that stuff. Yeah, they, they can't even rent a video. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, another thing I noticed, like at that funeral, the only people were there that were there was the guy's band mm. and the friends that he'd made in the last couple of days. Yeah, that's it. He really that's didn't have any other friends. Yeah, neither, neither did his mother apparently. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's a, that's a, I mean, she's got a very sad story. Yeah. <laughs> we only see her in that one scene, but God damn. Mm. Also not to get too nitpicky, but this film takes place over the course of like a week, right? Cause they, they say very early on, oh, it's Monday and we're, do, we're doing the show on Friday or something. Sure. So his mom dies and is buried on the same day. That seems to happen right in the middle very quickly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Nit, it's nitpicky. It's not really a big deal, but like yeah. I did think, oh, that's a a fast turnaround for old Ma there. Is <laughs> <laughs> the grave waiting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, drink every time a grown man strips in front of a minor or an immediate relative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It happens a lot. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> um, drink for a brass instrument. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a very... I don't mean penis. You don't? No, no, no. Literally a brass instrument. Yes, yeah, so Lomper is... Uh, he plays the... Tr- is it the trombone, the trumpet? Uh, flugelhorn. The flugelhorn. Of course you know exactly what it is. Fine. The flugelhorn. <laughs> they do also mention it in the movie. Okay, fine, yeah. And there's a nice little scene when his band are kind of... Uh, they show... They quietly show that they accept him by playing the, like, da na da I don't know what tune is, but, yeah. Yeah. No, it was... That was another good moment, because it's like, ah, he's really learning to sort of like himself, and when he does... Other people, yeah, like him too. exactly. His whole band—he's opening just, up a little bit. Yeah. They're on board with him. They're all making him smile. It's, it's yeah, nice. and in that way that yeah, that men would like rather than like have like a really you know a conversation and a bunch of hugs, they just mm. kind of take the piss a bit, but in a way that he can laugh at himself and be like, yeah. oh, okay, we're all laughing about this. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no one's gonna beat me up. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's <laughs> nice. Uh, drink for classic disco. Oh yeah, great soundtrack, obviously. Fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, I mean the scene we well, have—it's an iconic soundtrack. It is. It is genuinely iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But one of the best scenes that we haven't really talked about in the plot summary is that little moment when they're all in the doll queue. And, oh yeah, and hot, yeah. And hot stuff comes on. <laughs> <laughs> really good. That's really good. Like the, the subtlety of them just starting to get into it, and they, they, mm. they can't help themselves. They just—they're really feeling the groove, mm-hmm. and then they just really go into it. And Tom Wilkinson does a full like little little twirl, P, a PK yeah. turn. He does a PK turn. <laughs> great yeah <laughs> um well we've already really covered it drink for questionable parenting yeah um, i'm gonna i'm gonna move on with that one uh, drink whenever nathan just takes off in a huff oh the little son yeah yeah he does he does drop a lot bless yeah. him <laughs> yeah i'd agree he he does he's definitely in his teenage or preteen stroppy kind of mode mm-hmm. drink for petty theft there's a lot of shoplifting, mostly from that one Asda, which, like, yeah. as I say, has very lax security. Clearly, mm. they just run, they just run out every time. It's like, oh, that yeah. guy again. Like, I'm not sure if it's uh, lax security that's the problem. I think it's the the hiring that's the problem. Yeah, they literally hire somebody who has robbed the store probably on multiple well, times. Yes, that's true. But even before Mark Addy <laughs> is working there, they're still they, they really just it's not a hardship to just run out and steal stuff. Like, yeah, no one seems to be chasing them. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and then later on when like. They need to get some suits for the for the funeral. Mm. Mark Addy's like, right, I'll go and get them, and then we'll run out together with them. Yeah. Like, why, Mark Addy? Just because <laughs> you could keep your job. This you, is steady work. Yeah, yeah, like you could just get gas to go and nick them, mm. and and you chase after him. Like, he's probably fitter than you. He can probably run faster. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think your boss would question it too much if he outrun outruns you. Yeah. Well, another thing they do in in this film, like even that is quite an interesting comment, is that even though they're all incredibly hard up. And desperate for work. There's this idea that like being a security guard or I guess working for the police is like, mm. it's it's the lowest of the low and it's you'd rather be unemployed. Because mm. they do say that like, when Dave takes that job as the security guard, mm. like Gaz is gutted. He's like, you're so much better than that. Yeah. Like, that's the only time I think he's like, he compliments him really. Mm. He's like, you know, you're better than this. You don't need to be a security guard. Like, mm. So there's, there's this weird like sense that that's like a really low, mm. I guess because it's on the right, on the law, law you know, yeah prosecuting people kind of thing but yeah so that's an interesting moment as well i guess but, yeah i guess yeah um, we, we also didn't talk about actually how um how uh gaz's ex-partner was sort of offering him a job mm. oh yes yeah, she was just being like well if you want to make 700 pounds then you know I, I i need some work i'll pay you 2.50 an hour what was it she does again uh it looks like she's running a textiles factory okay i'm not really sure mm. yeah i never really understood why why he was like, no, I won't do that. I mean, it was just like, I don't want to work for my ex-wife. I yeah, guess. I guess maybe he wants to make his own way and there's a, pri- a lot of pride in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's pride, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Drink for gnomes? Yeah, I had that as well. Drink for incidents involving gnomes. Those, mm-hmm. That poor gnome that goes through so much. <laughs> so yeah, the, the best scene, of course, with that. So um, Gerald, Tom Wilkinson's character, yeah. is just 
he loves gnomes. He loves to buy gnomes. These classic British gnomes and uh, no porcelain. Mm-hmm. And so there's a scene when he's in a really promising job interview that he really wants. And it's mm-hmm. just after he's kind of yelled at Gaz and Dave and like told them that they'll never be worth anything, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, they steal his two gnomes and they kind of distract him through the window yeah. behind <laughs> the thing. And, and then with the two gnomes headbutting each other and smashing yeah. the faces and he loses the job because obviously <laughs> he doesn't take kindly to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of unexplained how he does later get the job. Is like, it the same job? Yeah, well, I think so. Because because it's one like, his wife's kicked him out and everything's mm. been repossessed. And he says, and I got that job, you know. Oh, well, that's good. Okay. Like he refers to it as, as, as that job, not okay. a job. Um, I didn't pick up on that. Well, that's it, nice. it, it, it's weird. It's like, oh, it's the, it's the ironic timing. Like if this had happened a week ago. Then he wouldn't have not, he needed to strip. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. it, it, it would have been, it would have been fine. He'd have, he'd have got away with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure if he learned his lesson or not. Uh, you know, well, don't, we, don't, don't lie to your wife. Well, I hope he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had, I'm sure he has to apologize to her. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, my last one, drink for a near punch-up between friends. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of straight men who are ostensibly good friends just nearly punching each other or mm-hmm. trying to, or getting into an active physical fight. Right? Yeah. 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 Stressful way to live. Well, yeah. Actually, we were just constantly punching each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd like it very much. Well, luckily we're gay, so you're not. We're, yeah, we're not. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think all my friends are either gay or women? I know, yeah. Everyone else hits me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you found your safe space again. <laughs> um, last one is uh, drink for penis references. Drink for penis references. Yeah, I mean, famously, we don't see the cocks at the end, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of uh, you know inferring and discussing. I'm glad we don't. I think it would have been a bit more from like because all the women cheering and like yeah, it would have been it would have gone from like ah to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. realistically, we're not like, in the same mood as, as as the women in that venue no. at that time, and yeah, I think yeah, it's like you're screaming, you're, you're in that bar, you're, you're drunk and you're having a good time, and you're screaming mm. because it's like taboo and you never see that. It's like, oh my god, they really did it, but actually, yeah. it'd be like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the the actors did do it. They did get naked. They, mm-hmm. they did the full Monty, but only once. Like they were mm-hmm. like, "We're going to do this once, so you need to get it right. We're not. We're not filming this twice." Hence the uh, convenient lens flare. Exactly. Yeah, because like, they, they were doing the post production. There were no flare. reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. not enough. for that scene anyway. They were like, "We're going to do this at one time only." So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So do you think they did the uh, the ripping the thongs off while holding the hats in front? Do you think that was a one time thing? Because that felt like a risky move. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I'm sure that was pretty choreographed. But no, I think yeah. just just the, the final reveal of the hats. Yeah. That, that, and the actual naked scene, that was the one that they just did the one time. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. When they do this show on stage, because mm-hmm. I, I know it's a stage show now. Yeah. Do you know if they get naked at the end? I'm pretty sure they do. I and, think, they, and, I think and, you and, do and, see the and, and is it the, the the same six cast members every like eight eight nights a week or whatever? Um, I'm, I don't know. I think the cast rotates. I don't know. Well, it's not those actors. They're not in the stage uh, show. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, like, so these people are actually getting naked every single time, even though the six actors in the film would only do it the once. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, it's different if you're in a stage show. You know? Yeah, I guess. You know what they signed up for. Yeah. And I guess that if you went to go and see... The Full Monty. The Full Monty on as a stage show, you'd be very disappointed if you didn't see... Didn't see yeah, it would, it would, that, that's, the, yeah, that's the thing. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. You yeah. couldn't just show them from behind. Yeah. yeah. Now, not just talking about the end of the film, but I would love to see the stage show of this. Yeah? I think it'd be a really good time. I'm sure it's a great night out, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it'll get, it gets revived quite a lot. It's one of those ones like Calendar Girls that just comes around. It's always there. Yeah. It's always somewhere. Yeah, well, you know, I'll keep an eye out for it next time it's on. It tours the UK. I'll get, you, I'll get some tickets. <laughs> we'll go down. Sure. 
Bonjour tout le monde, I'm Finn, and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People, in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them. What is so special about each location? What makes each place tick? Where are they headed? To join us on our round the world trip, talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds, search for Passport People in Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Should we move on to sequels then? Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, so I've got one fairly big one. Um, yeah, I, you were ages writing, so I'm, I'm intrigued about <laughs> this tome. Like, I've only got one as well, and it's middling, so I don't know. Do you want to do your big one? Do you uh, want to start sh- with your big one? or? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Is there an innuendo there? Do you want to lead with... Not really. Want to lead, lead with your big one. Go on. Okay, cool. Um, so I came up with a few titles, and uh, so I started off the Full Monty Reunited. Sure. Okay. It's all right. A bit dry, yeah. but acceptable, yeah. The Full Monty World Tour. Yeah, like, okay. Better. That, that better. works, yeah. And I thought to try and cross it over with something. Fuller Monty, like Fuller House. And I was like, is yeah. that anything? No. Mm-hmm. I settled with the Full Monty 2 Dream Bigger. Dream Bigger, okay. Because that's got an innuendo in it. It does, I like it. So yeah. it works. Mm-hmm. And I came up with that idea halfway through my sequel, and it is very related to the, to the, to the sequel. Oh, good, which okay. Is great. It's rare. The sequel and the title, they match. I feel like this is a good week for you, Harry. <laughs> what, what did you say the title was again? The Full Monty 2 Dream Bigger. Dream Bigger, okay, I like it. Yeah. So it's set present day, mm-hmm. about 25 years later. Sure. Um, we pick up with Nathan, who is now in about his mid-30s or something. Sure. And due to... So this, this starts off with a bit of a downer. And we're going to go up, by the way. Okay, good. So due to a lot of bullying in school, which continued into his adult life, because he stayed in Sheffield, mm. he has grown into a bit of a coward. Oh, no. And he's not having the best time. Okay. So how old is he now? About... 35 or something okay so we're talking present day essentially it's just yeah know. okay i get you right. yeah so, so i've said this literally 25 years later so it's going to be the whole same cast and everything and sure um yeah that, that actor is now 36 okay he's not really able to hold down a stable job and so moves like from shop to shop doing many different many different entry-level jobs mm-hmm. we open with him in security guard uniform running down the canal chased down by some shoplifters who are outnumbering him and scaring him oh no <laughs> so clearly he's supposed to be guarding a shop someone's gone in and shoplifted and they've just intimidated him and it's oh, not worked so his way quite humiliating for him then very yeah okay they're shouting stuff about him about his his dad being a stripper you know the classic bullying thing that he's sure. probably, probably had his whole life since mm-hmm. the age of 12 and uh that and, and that he isn't even good enough to do that mm-hmm. but nathan much fitter than some of these bullies manages to outrun them and runs back to his dad's house. Okay. He bursts in the door crying. Grown man in his 30s crying. Oh, this is, this is very bleak. <laughs> yeah. Gaz, now pushing 60 himself, mm-hmm. is uh, sitting in his council flat, drinking Strongbow by himself at 11am. Oh, wow. You're really painting a bleak picture here, Harry. They have a short conversation about it before Gaz instructs him to just open a beer and join him while watching TV. Mm-hmm. While Nathan's in the kitchen, Gaz sees himself in the reflection of the TV. He's a hard look. He looks to the side where he has a framed photo of that one full Monty gig they did back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Nath sits down with the beer, Gaz gets up. Fuck this, Nath. I'm not sitting here and helping you waste your life as you become me. Nah, fuck this. Fuck Sheffield. We're leaving. Oh, wow. Fuck Sheffield. It's, yeah. a, it's a bold move for its, for its most beloved film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> um, but, Dad, my job's here. Working in Tesco? Nah, you're, you're better than that. You can get any job you want. Anything? Yes, anything. Waitrose? Well, yes, but I'm thinking bigger than that. I mean, we just need to get out of Sheffield. This town's not big enough for us. But how, Dad? I'm, I'm on minimum wage and you're on the dole. Gaz picks up the full Monty poster and says, 
I need to make some calls. Oh, wow. the, the old gang's getting back together. Getting the band back together. Oh, excellent. Classic sequel territory. Yeah. So they start off going down to Dave's, Mark Addy. Mm-hmm. He still lives nearby. Good. Yeah. Dave and Jean, I think his wife's name was. Yes, she was Jean, yeah. Um, are still happily married. Oh, good. And he's more body confident than ever. Oh, good. Even though Dave has put on plenty of weight in the last 25 years, mm-hmm. he is currently showing off for all to see by sunbathing out on his front lawn, even though it's a mild English October day. Fantastic. He just loves to show it off because he's, <laughs> he's so happy with himself. Oh, it's great. Good for, good for him. Good yeah. for Dave. This will be an easy sell, Gaz whispers to Nath. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave, how do you fancy taking your clothes off for money? I mean, you need to put some clothes on for once. <laughs> um, are we getting the band back together? I'm in. But Gaz, Gerald and Horse must be like 70 by now. How, how will you get them to agree to it? Their, their, their bodies don't look as good as mine. <laughs> Loving your confidence there, Dave, but you know me. I've got a plan. What's, what's, what's the plan? Nathan asks. Shut up, Nath. I'll, I'll think of a plan when I think of it. <laughs> and Gaz grins at Dave in very insincerely, just like, yeah, this, this is going to work out just fine. Okay. So the three of them walk on. Like I say, it was a very easy sell. Okay. He's, is Mark Addy wearing clothes now? Yeah, he's wearing a, a normal people's clothes. Okay. Good. And they go to the train station and hop on the train to a very fancy village somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, somewhere shortly out of Sheffield. They go to a nice fancy house and knock on the door. And it's answered by... Lumper and Guy. Oh, they've become gay and middle class, of course. Yeah. <laughs> now a married gay couple in their 50s. They oh, have nice. the fantiest house and each have a corgi in their arms. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the cliched, stereotyped image you've woven here. Just like they open the door bearing corgis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> corgis named Dame Poochie Dench and Just Merrill. I mean, I, I would probably name my dog something like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Gaz explains that he's getting the band back together and he needs them. They ask why and he explains, well, Nath's having a very hard time in Sheffield. He's never had the chance to leave, just like I never did. And, you know, we struck gold once before and I think if we can do it again, then we can earn enough for him to get out. Mm-hmm. And go where, Dad? Nath chirps up. Somewhere fresh, somewhere new, somewhere clean. Somewhere like Wakefield? <laughs> Fuck's sake, boy, dream bigger! <laughs> the gays agree to join, well guy didn't need any convincing he's he was he was in already sure he was already naked um guys says guy we're gonna need some outfits and guy bends down and rips off the velcro trousers nobody knew he was wearing finally my time to shine <laughs> lumper asks the same question about gerald and horse and uh, dave asks does anybody actually know if they're still alive <laughs> like actually has anyone been in touch dave don't say things like that no but really like they must have gone 70 by now, and sure, they could be on stage somewhere for all we know, but they're in their 70s, and people just die in their 70s naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone looks very awkwardly, at it, very awkwardly at each other, sort of guiltily realising that no one's been in touch with them, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a while, and yeah, that might be the case. Lumper is currently covering the ears of Just Merrill. Okay, good. But why? Because they're talking about death. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Too, very too, too, o- too very o- overly protected. O- okay. Too, that's too triggering of a conversation for a corgi. I get you. Okay. Wait a minute, shouts Nathan, making everyone jump out of the, the awkward silence. I've got Horse's niece on Facebook. I'll see if she knows his number. And she does. Okay. So they all crowd around a laptop and video call him. Okay. Classic old person video oh, calling dear. scene. No. It's going to be great. Is this going to, this scene going to last for like 10 hours or something? So, <laughs> so he picks up and Dave lets out a sigh of relief and says, Phew, he's alive. Everyone shushes him. Mm-hmm. 
they give their hellos and Gaz explains the plan to uh, to, to strip again. Mm-hmm. And Horse says, okay, well, uh, let me see if I've got some moves for you. And Horse, not realising that the laptop he's calling on is at coffee table height, stands up and starts dancing. <laughs> but he has forgotten that he is just in his underpants. Oh, and, dear. And, and, and it's at that height. The rest of the gang get a brilliant view of Horse jiggling about with everything swaying around in his very loose boxes. Uh, what's, what's the age rating on this sequel? <laughs> is, there like a, is there a warning before it starts? Maybe we don't get that shot, we just get the reaction We get the shots. reactions, okay, yeah. sure, fine, yeah. They scream out at him to stop, but he can't hear them for whatever reason. Maybe he's muted. Sure. Though uh, Lomper actually looms over to Guy and cheekily says, horse by name, horse by nature, still mm. going. <laughs> um, Dame Poochie Dents is panting hard. Oh my God, you've really turned these corgis into supporting <laughs> characters. <laughs> Why not? Sure, okay, yeah. Eventually, Horse stops and says, yep, I still got it. Mm-hmm. And everyone looks quite sort of exhausted by him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for that, Horse. I'm never going to forget that. Now, do you know where Gerald is these days? Why, yes, I do. I think he's down at the home with Linda. So they all traipse down to the Sheffield retirement home, and they ask if Gerald is around. Mm-hmm. They get shown through to a room where Gerald and Linda are sitting comfortably in their armchairs. Mm-hmm. So clearly they got back together. Oh, they're, nice. out, they're having a little happily ever after. They're in. We're in a home, we're in armchairs together. It's great. I don't think I don't think a home is anyone's happy ever after, but go on. Well, they're together. <laughs> okay, sure. And he doesn't he hasn't got like dementia or anything. No. Okay. As they're approaching, Gaz sort of says under his breath, Oh, I hope he's still got all his marbles. Mm-hmm. Hi, Gerald, you're right. Oh, not you, twats again. <laughs> yeah, he's fine, isn't he? He's got all his marbles. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Classic Gerald. Yeah. Gerald, we want to do the full Monty again, and we want to raise enough money to give Nathan a fresh start. Sorry, you want me to take off my clothes and expect people to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Call the nurse over. I need I need to tell Sandra this. Sandra! And he, you know, pretty nurse, called Sandra, comes over. Mm-hmm. All the straight men completely change the body language at this point. Sure. Sandra, they, they want me to strip for money, he says with a smirk. She bursts out laughing. No, serious, says Dave, looking a little hurt by the laughter. All Gerald, Linda, and Sandra, they're all in stitches. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> they're all like, this is ridiculous. Um, through the laughter, uh, Gerald says, Sandra, could you? And Sandra nods, goes away, shortly returning with a wheelchair. Okay. I'd love to do the full Monty in front of 200 people for 10 grand again, guys. But right now, I'm paying about 20 grand a year for Sandra here to take my clothes off. I really would love to, but it's a no from me. Sandra then wheels him away to... to Take him to the toilet or something. Oh, poor Gerald. Like, you know, he, he's 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 happy because he's got all his marbles. Sure, yeah. But his stripping days are over. Fair enough. Yeah. He's, he, he, we all have to face that moment. Yeah. yeah that realization. Yeah. Dave, Mark Addy, looks at Gaz. Well, Gaz, what's your plan now then? What's this grand plan that you've got? Have we even got a venue, some club in Sheffield? <laughs> and uh, Gaz pauses for a moment, taking a look around. Now, Dave, dream bigger. We aren't going to perform in a single club in Sheffield. We're going to do a tour. <gasps> a tour around Sheffield? Asks Nathan. <laughs> Dream bigger. <gasps> a tour around Yorkshire? Asks Horse. Dream bigger. And then the gays say in unison, Vegas? <laughs> uh, no, too big, too big. Dream Sorry. swallow. No, pull, no. pull it back. Um, pull it back, yeah. We're going to tour the whole UK. Mm. I think retirement homes like these must be very boring. I'm bored. And you heard Gerald. He pays 15K. That means everyone here has money. So we're going to tour all the time. Oh, so they're actually doing the geriatric for Monty. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Oh, that's yeah. good. Because I was like, who's going to pay for this? Like, but okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, I like that. That that is a new twist on it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all, that's all I've written. I, I've not really ended it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. It doesn't well, I, I guess we all know how it ends. It ends with them, you know, doing a doing their full show in, in front of a rabid crowd of like old ladies in wheelchairs and yeah, yeah just a, just a sea of blue rinse. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. probably a lot of uh, a lot a lot of death streets like heart attacks. Yeah, 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 they do. yeah. You have to check everyone's blood pressure before the act. There's like a warning. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, um, no, I like that. I think that's really fun. Yeah, yeah. so the full Monty two dream bigger. Mm. And maybe do we end with like so they all they all come on at like some old people's home and they do their number and they're all dancing it. It's great. Mm. And then maybe at the, at the last scene, uh, Gerald is wheeled on completely stark yeah. naked <laughs> with a hat over, just with a hat in yeah. his wheelchair, and it's like he's part of the act after all because <laughs> this is his crowd. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's definitely one of your best sequels in a long time, I think. Oh, thanks. I don't mean all your ones have been crap, but I mean, like, clearly this movie spoke to you. So, yeah. 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 Good. That's nice. Well, it helps when you get really engaged in a movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. To be honest, yeah. I, I had no idea what I was, what I was going to do. I just started, like, I came here with no idea. I just yeah. thought, like, oh, I'll just start doing 25 years later, I guess. See, yeah, see, yeah. see how that goes. It worked. Good. Yeah. Started off really depressing, and I was like, where am I going with this? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, you pulled it around. Excellent. Cool. So that was the full Monty to... Dream bigger. Dream bigger, dream bigger. And they do. So. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Is that... That's it then, yeah? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. I have a sequel too. I don't think I've really come up with a title. Maybe we can workshop one. But my one is actually a direct sequel. So I guess we can digitally de-age all these guys. As we're out of oh, them. right. Okay. Put them in silly wigs. I don't care. Because <laughs> um, I just thought it'd be... Like, this film does end on like a... Not a cliffhanger, but certainly, like we said, it doesn't doesn't really solve all their problems it just mm. kind of gives them a happy moment and a little triumph so i just kind of thought it'd be interesting to see kind of what happens after that mm-hmm. so we pick up immediately afterwards and hot metal because that's what their group was called hot metal have been a very big hit that night obviously it was a big success they were a, sell- mm-hmm. a sellout at that working man's club yeah and they do walk away with like maybe 500 quid each or something so they, they, they made a good thing but like it's like it's not it's not solving any problems really mm-hmm. it gets them through to the next month or something yeah but fortunately for them, even though they anticipated it as being just a one-time thing, because the show has been such a hit, there's very quickly demand for more gigs. Mm-hmm. So like the guy who runs the working men's club is like, oh, I'll, I'll book you again next month or something. Mm. And they're all kind of like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a one-time thing. Yeah. But um, how, do you, how, do you, how do you make it? How do you, how do you do it again? How do you make it yeah. bigger? How well, do you make it more interesting? Well, people want to see it. That's the thing. Mm. And, and even though a lot of them have misgivings about it, they don't really have much choice because mm. they haven't earned enough money. Their problems haven't gone away. They've just been like deferred a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think Gaz is, as always, the most optimistic one. And he really, he, he jumps at the opportunity. He's like, yeah, we, hey, there could be some real money in this, like a long-term career in this. Let's mm-hmm. let's see how far we can push it. Yeah. So they do. They And I I also came to have the same idea that maybe Dave has like, now he's got past his body confidence issues. Maybe now he just like loves being naked and he's great. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. So he, he's kind of cool with it as well. So they book a few extra gigs around Sheffield, not just in that one working man's club. They actually start playing a few gigs in Sheffield and yeah. the word kind of gets around about these former factory workers turned strippers who were like, who were like you know, challenges to the Chippendales, like the Chippendales, but with real men's bodies kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. you could see how that would be like a yeah. a novelty, like, you know, a story. And yeah, it starts to pick up. Uh, not only do they get some gigs, they also start to get a little bit of press attention. Okay. Uh, cause it's like a human interest story. Like people, have, all these these guys, like I say, who've been made redundant, who've been jobless and they've turned it around by stripping. So not only are they in like, you know, the Sheffield Post or whatever, now they're like getting interviewed on like Lorraine Kelly or Richard and Judy, you know, mm-hmm. on like actual TV. They're, yeah. they're actually a bit of a media sensation. Yeah. 
uh, and the word gets around. Good little, good little callbacks there. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about what, what's what's in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they start to really get a little bit of buzz around themselves and get into a lot of press. And they acquire a manager, uh, okay. a proper manager, who I think could be like a real like sleazy. Mm. Like I don't like him very much, but like a Ricky Gervais kind of person would play this Ooh. manager. You know, yeah. that's that's the kind of vibe I'm going for. This yeah. sleazy, opportunistic kind of manager. who's like I can make you guys stars. I can make you so much money, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Stick with me. So yeah, he promises to take them on to greater things and he starts getting them bigger and bigger bookings as now they are like literally a national press story and they're getting all these magazine covers and stuff and it's like a whole thing. Maybe they do like a calendar for the year, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And before they know it, they're booked out on a full UK tour playing packed theatres night after night. All right. They are truly the new Chippendales. Okay. Kind of like, it's kind of like a bit of a meta thing because obviously when the film was a success, it created a stage show that did mm. play in theaters and still plays in theaters to this day, you know, mm. tours all over the country. So yeah. it's kind of a little bit meta. It's like, they've become that. So they're playing packed theaters night after night. And I'm thinking like the first half of the film can be all about how like that level of fame affects them. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe it causes them some new problems. Like for example, Gaz is now he's, he's making loads of money. His money problems are over for the time being. And that's great. But his whole thing was that he wanted to be closer to his son. And now he's kind of so sucked into like the world of like being famous and traveling up and down the country. Mm-hmm. He actually has no time to spend with his son and his son's feeling very neglected because he's just stuck back in Sheffield and mm-hmm. his dad's now just gallivanting around the country. And so it's created a new problem for him and yeah. it takes him a little bit while to realize that. And obviously, uh, yeah. um, and then I'm thinking Dave in kind of a reversal from the original movie. Now he's like super confident and he's, he's become like a plus size sex symbol now. Okay. Like so all these women yeah. like really like him and yeah. are like, you know, cheering from every night and he's got his confidence back, but it makes his wife back home. It makes her feel very insecure because mm. she suddenly feels like, Oh, he's not having an affair. I don't think, mm. I don't want to ruin their relationship because I no. feel like they've got the best relationship in the film, but mm. she does start to feel very insecure about that. And mm. so maybe he's, yeah, maybe their story is just about how she starts to feel a bit neglected and a little bit insecure in herself. And, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't realize because he's so busy out there on the road. Mm. Gerald, I think uh, he manages to buy all of his stuff back from the bailiffs. And again, his money problems are solved because they're all making like loads of money now from these theater bookings. So mm-hmm. they've actually got money for the, probably the first time in their entire lives. They've got like, this is more money than they've ever made before. Mm. Uh, but maybe we, what we learn about Gerald is that one of the reasons as well as like not being honest with his wife, maybe he also is, is just really bad with money. And he starts like, he gets addicted to buying like expensive antique gnomes and he's just like blowing all his money on <laughs> antique gnomes. Sure. Maybe he gets into like gambling as well and stuff. So he starts to develop really unhealthy problems. So I'm just thinking like all of them have their own little issues that they mm. have to deal with. And the first half of the movie is them just like getting successful for the first time in their lives and then like realize it and then kind of like having to deal with that and what it means and how it changes their sense of who they are and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that's the first part of the movie. So then they're doing this UK tour, they're selling the plane to packed out crowds every night and they're making loads of money and they're really having a great time. And then the next thing that happens is that the their agent announces that he's sold their story to an American studio. Right. Okay. And they're going to make a film about their story. Okay. Because again, it, you know, obviously it is a film, but like mm. it is a very cinematic. If someone told you this was based on a true story, you'd mm. believe it. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It definitely yeah. has that vibe. So yeah, then the, then the studio hires a director to actually film the film with the full Monty okay. and he promises to tell a really like authentic, true to them kind of, you know, he's really going to tell their story about the stuff about, mm-hmm. you know, the hard times they went through and how they triumphed over all this adversity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the plan. But very quickly that all starts to fall apart. Right. And the studio, the American studio, they start interfering. Are they, are the American studio trying to do like an American version? No, they're doing a British version, but okay. it very quickly moves away from what the actual story is. So sure. what I'm thinking is this, the first warning signs are when, in the role of Gaz, mm-hmm. is cast Hugh Grant. 
Who was actually considered oh. for the role? This is, this is another little messy thing I'm done because actually Hugh Grant was briefly considered to be cast as Gaz. Where was this in Hugh Grant's career? Like four weddings and a funeral. Like okay. it wouldn't have worked. It would have been a so, complete... so so he, so he was like the Hugh Grant that we all. He know was Hugh today. Grant, yeah. So yeah. it would never. It would have been so different. It would never have worked. It would have been yeah. a different film because there's no way Hugh, Hugh Grant could play like a working class Sheffield guy who's like too mm. ugly to strip. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that Robert Carlyle is ugly, but like that's the line they say. You know, no one's going to say I with love, a straight face. Like I love the line in 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 the film where they're talking about convincing Mark Addy to steal a film. Yeah. from, uh, from the video shop, uh, stop uh, shop shop, and. Uh, Mark Addy's like, no, no, I don't want to do it. And and Robert Carlyle's like, I've got the face of a serial killer. You've got the face of a teddy bear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you do it. That is a good one, yeah. There's <laughs> lots of really good dialogue in this film. Yeah. It's a very well-written film. Yeah, so that's the first sign that things have gone wrong, is that Hugh Grant is cast in the role of Gaz, mm -hmm. and in the role of Dave, Mark Addy's role, mm -hmm. Jude Law. What? <laughs> so they're immediately like, oh, this this isn't ringing true anymore. Wow. And it's like, no, no, he's going to put on weight for the role. It's gonna, he's going to get himself an Oscar. It's great. <laughs> and they're all, they're all very put out by this. Mm -hmm. um, also, they then move the sh move the set of the film out of Sheffield and down to London. Mm -hmm, of course. Because and, and then obviously they're really annoyed because Sheffield's their home and they really yeah. you know they they want to reflect their community. But then the yeah. the director's like. Oh. Test audiences don't understand your accent very well. So, you know, <laughs> so we had to make them like classic London Hugh Granty types. Mm -hmm. um, and they go from, instead of being unemployed steel workers, mm -hmm. it becomes the story of a disinherited prince and his wacky batch of friends. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously it's just completely, it's completely gone off the rails. And this is not, the, this no longer reflects their lives anymore. Yeah. And they realize at this point that they have kind of lost the essence of who they are. They've gone from doing this just to make a little bit of money to support their families and now they've been sucked into this crazy Hollywood thing that isn't about who they are at all. Mm. So they fire their manager, they fire Ricky Gervais, and they go back to Sheffield. <laughs> they go back to Sheffield, and they use the money that they've made from the tour and from selling the rights to their story to to, the, to make this god awful film mm -hmm. that's still getting made. And they use it to open up a dance school mm -hmm. to train unemployed former steel workers in Sheffield mm. how to perform striptease. Mm -hmm. okay. And what they do is they create like a dance academy. Mm because this is like a now popular stage show. And again, it's kind of a meta thing where it's like popular all over the country. Mm. Instead of going out and doing it all themselves, because it was taking them away from their families all the time, mm -hmm. they train up all these new guys who like ah, right. need yeah, a, yeah. who need a break, mm -hmm. train them up and send them off around the world, around the world to mm -hmm. do these stage shows. Mm. And so they kind of, they, they give back to the community in a way that really makes sense for them mm -hmm. and help all of these people who've been like on the dole and haven't, have had no prospects and yeah. give them a real opportunity to, to make some work. And yeah, it kind of, the story comes full circle and we end on the same day that the dreadful film that bears absolutely no resemblance to their story is opening in cinemas starring Hugh Grant and Jude Law. <laughs> um, that same night that our, our heroes, they're headlining their old working men's club once again, the same club. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just ends the same way again. They're just, they, they do, they do their routine for the local home crowd. They get mm -hmm. a home, huge heroes welcome. And, ex and it, they just end in the exact same way, except this time we do see their cocks. Cause you know, <laughs> you've got to give something a bit extra for the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was Monty. That was the full Monty two. Uh, I don't know. I, I really couldn't think of a funny pun for the story I told there. I was thinking it's. I, I was kind of inspired by the fact that the closest thing to the full Monty in America is Magic Mike. But obviously, in Magic mm -hmm. Mike, they're all incredibly incredibly hot. Like mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's my full Monty sequel. I think you beat me this nice. week, but uh, <laughs> had a decent game. Uh, should we move on to listener submissions? Go on. Okay, so we had a few this week, as always. Dan Lebrecht said the fuller Monty. Mm -hmm. The town of Sheffield is being courted by an evil company that wants to frack the land. 
<laughs> Some of the townspeople want to sell their land while others want to protect it from potential eco-disaster. Mm-hmm. The gang needs to buy out some of the townspeople to keep the votes. So they get back into action and to protect the land from being stripped, they're going to have to strip down themselves. Nice. Very good. I like that. Nice. Well written. Mm-hmm. Rob Farnham just said two full, two Monty. Of course. In 500 episodes, people, 250 episodes, people are still doing that joke. Oh, keep on reading it. Uh, Zoe Ann said, I'd love to see them steal the plot of the Magic Mike sequel and just call it Full Monty XXL. Oh, yeah. It's been three years since Gaza's retirement from stripping, but the former dancer misses the excitement and feeling of being on stage. Most of all, though, he misses the best friends that he ever had, the crew known as the Full Monty. Opportunity comes knocking when the guys look him up as they travel to Blackpool for a stripper convention. With the promise of outrageous fun, a reinvigorated Gaz can't resist the chance to join in and take it off again. <laughs> I like the idea of a stripper convention. What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I know what it looks like, but like, what, what, what's <laughs> happening? What, what, what's the panel discussion like? Yeah. Belt etiquette. Don't hit it in people's yes, face. Yes, yes. There'll be like a, an expo for all the latest fongs. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that probably works. They probably exist somewhere. <laughs> uh, Park Parkinson said the full Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Dennis Fanning said a few Monty's more. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Fanning also said a sequel is definitely necessary to find out if their dicks did save Sheffield. <laughs> I like that as an, an American, that's what you got from this story. Yeah. Their, their dicks did their dicks save Sheffield. <laughs> Michael Supertitch said Montgomery, or as my friends call me, the full Monty. <laughs> Silly pun, but I like it. Darren Husted said 89 minutes of Robert Carlyle, fully full frontal nude, helicopter dicking, start to finish, credits roll. That's the film. <sighs> okay. It takes all sorts. <laughs> Stephen Jones said, the free card Monty, they start a new routine with audience participation where they have to guess which of the free isn't wearing any underwear. <laughs> you know, that magic trick where it's like, which yeah, one? Yeah, yeah so that'd be funny. Yeah. Freya Douglas McTurk gave us some of your classic puns that I thought you were going to go with this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Shul Monty, it's okay. the same, but they're all Jewish. Of course, yeah. Uh, the Skull Monty, Halloween special. <laughs> and the Dull Monty, it's in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ross Burton, uh, mm-hmm. our friend Ross Burton, said... You can't make a sequel to that. It was already called The Full Monty. Maybe a prequel about the partial Monty. Yeah, yeah. Classic Ross. <laughs> Good one. Getting down in, bogged down in semantics as always. <laughs> the partial Monty. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, MG Loves Fun said, uh, I rewatched this during lockdown last year. Drink for homophobia, though I'm sure you already picked up on that. Also, it's overrated. I prefer Brassed Off. Well, you There would. we go. There we go. So burn on The Full Monty from Martin there. Yeah. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, in all of which you can also leave us a review if you so wish. It really does help us to stay in the rankings, so please do consider that. We would usually use this spot to also flog Patreon, but uh, if you listen to la- if you were listening to last week's show, you will know that we are actually winding down because uh, Harry is about to be a dad. So uh, winding down slowly. What are we on episode two, three, six? two, three, six? Yeah, there's still a good 14, 15 episodes. So if you want yeah, to join so, the Patreon, so, feel so, free. But yeah, we've 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 still got a fair a fair while left. We've got after, we've got another few months. We're going to be wrapping around wrapping up around the end of the year mm-hmm. um, to coincide with Harry's. Uh, Harry's child being born. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, also, I mentioned, you, you, you may have noticed, we're not going to do a Halloween full month season this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, may, may end up doing something topical, may not, but it's not going to be a full season. Didn't want to limit ourselves because I'm not sure there's four or five good mummy movies. Yeah. And 
we uh, that we may have happened. <laughs> True, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, if, the Patreon is still open until the end of the year. So, if you would like to support it, feel free. But uh, just be aware that we are winding it down. So, mm-hmm. uh, the amount of bonus material will be a little bit limited. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you all very much for supporting, and please do stay with us. We do have some bonus episodes coming. We're going to be reviewing lots of films between now and christmas we're about to record a re- review of shang chi all the blockbusters from the last two years are finally coming out they are and we're going to see probably <laughs> all of them so uh that's it yeah so thank you very much indeed once again and next week harry yeah do you want me to pick a horror movie or yeah go on if you've okay, if you, if you, if you got i had well I, my, my initial try. plan wasn't one but then i realized we were mid by the time this comes out it'll be yeah. post halloween so if i'm gonna do one i could, should do one now yeah so um yeah sure so i just picked one that it's quite hard to find a horror movie that doesn't have a sequel mm-hmm. obviously uh but I've, there's one that i've not actually seen but i've heard is very good mm-hmm. and um i think probably will be quite fun to talk about mm-hmm. so i am proposing that next week we do a film called cabin in the woods have we not done that we've never done it are you sure we've never done it have you seen it <sighs> yeah I've, i feel like i've watched it in the last year that's not me saying i don't want to do it I had a backup if you don't feel like it. No, no, no. It's a, it's a right good shout. Okay. I could swear we've done this. I, we have never done Cabin in the Woods. Not... The reason it's not on my list is be, like literally because I think that we've already done it. No, we have 100% <laughs> not done Cabin in the Woods. All right. So there you go. Cool. So listeners, join us next week for The Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, it's not got a sequel. I'm surprised, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big hit. Mm, yeah, I'm surprised too. Cool. Good pick. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Um, see you see next week. week. Bye. Bye. Tom, your work recently featured in another film, The Full Monty. Oh, I've seen that film. Pure fantasy. What do you mean? Well, it's absolute nonsense. People aren't unemployed. There's no such place as Sheffield. It's utter rubbish. Anyway, you don't even get to see that at the end.